Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back. So when it comes to stacking silver and gold, buying physical precious metals for the long haul, in terms of how much people actually buy as a percentage of their overall investments or portfolio, it's definitely a spectrum I've, I've come to find. You know, I, I always have hundreds of, of individuals leaving their comments and, and occasionally I'll get emails from different individuals sharing their thoughts on, on just how much they should have invested in silver and gold or how much they personally do. So sometimes you'll have people dabbling in it. A little bit of silver here, a little bit of gold there. Not at all a significant amount of their their portfolio, their investments. Uh, Just something that they maybe see as a hobby, something they find interesting. And then you have the other side of the spectrum, the people that are maybe nearing retirement or or maybe not, maybe much younger, that have pretty darn close to 100% of their, you know, invested assets in silver and gold. And so there's definitely a spectrum, right? Even uh, individuals like here on YouTube, uh, Silver Slacker, if you've seen his channel, if you haven't, check it out. But I'm sure many of you have, if you've been stacking for any length of time. You know, he's the guy that has uh, an enormous amount of silver, right? He has his full stack videos that are like tens of thousands of ounces of silver. And yet if you've watched him for any length of time, you'll know that... Actually, silver is not like 100% of its portfolio. He actually keeps it as a relatively small, I say relatively small, maybe that's surprising to a lot of people, but relatively small compared to, I think, what a lot of people would, would guess that silver is as far as his total portfolio or his total savings. And so I want to talk about that today, and I want to talk about it from, from less of an absolutist point of view, absolutist in the sense that silver and gold are the only way to go in terms of investments and savings. Because we know that's not true. And and you guys know that I'm a big fan of diversification. Yes, at this current point in time, not a huge fan of stocks. Not a huge fan of bonds or fiat currency. Does that mean that I'm always going to be against having those assets? No, I mean, with the exception of fiat currency. I think fiat currency is great to have some on hand for like emergency purposes and whatnot, pay bills, etc. But as far as stocks, bonds real estate, uh, and, and some of the other assets you can own, I'm not always going to be against those or thinking that they're overvalued or due for a major, major correction. How many times in the past have I said that silver and gold, you know, I would love to trade some of it for, for undervalued assets in the future, buy when there's blood on the streets, to, to use that famous phrase. It's just that right now, I'm, I'm more than happy being overweight silver and gold. And of course, I don't give investment advice. I just give my thoughts on things. But my thought is, is that being overweight silver and gold is not a bad thing, given the current market structure and the current, uh, our current point in this, this economic cycle. 
But again, we don't have to be absolutist in this. And, and I'm getting to a point here. I'm not just rambling, I promise. We don't have to be absolutist in the sense that silver and gold are the only way to go. And, and this is brought up by actually a uh, conversation I was having with an individual the other day. Uh, similar boat to myself, um, older than I am, but you know, you guys know I'm in grad school. He recently just graduated grad school and, and we're talking about saving for retirement. He's a fair bit older than I am, uh, 35 versus 24, less time to save for retirement. And he's feeling, I wouldn't say anxiety, but a bit of an urge or a bit of a drive to, to start saving for retirement. The sooner you put that money in, in theory, uh, the, the better you're going to be off in the future, meaning you're better off uh, if you're 35, putting money in from, from 35 to 45 and then stopping than you are probably from 45 to you know 55 or, or 60 or 65 uh, because of the idea of compound interest. Now, in this discussion, I was kind of challenging some of those long-held beliefs. You guys probably aren't surprised by this. Uh, that, that idea that there's some sort of a guaranteed return on some sort of a portfolio investment, uh, 401k, things like that. And that's actually what we're talking about specifically is a 401k and uh, how much money to put into it relative to the match and whatnot. And I have a hard time, especially with something like a 401k match, telling somebody or giving them the advice or at least planting the idea in their head that they shouldn't be putting money into that at all. Right? I think matching a 401k is not necessarily a bad idea. doesn't mean that I'm always going to be on board with it, but it's not necessarily a bad idea. However, we were talking about this, and, and, and I'm trying to think to myself, how does precious metals kind of fit into this guy's uh, portfolio? Right, Not a huge amount in terms of invested money right now, uh, mostly in the 401k and some cash savings. How does precious metals fit into that? And this is what I would call sort of the bare minimum position on precious metals. Now, of course, bare minimum could be an ounce or two just dabbling and and nothing more than that. But as far as people that are actually somewhat serious about it, but not an absolutist in the sense that they're going to throw all caution to the wind, cash out of their 401ks, their IRAs, their cash savings accounts, their mutual funds, whatever, and just throw it into precious metals. Uh, People that understand the value of it, but also understand the value of uh, something that could potentially accumulate quite a bit in terms of, of just compound interest or, or recurring yield year after year. Of course, I would, again, challenge those ideas. But what's the where does precious metals fit into that for that individual? And this is what I would come up with. The bare minimum would be to use precious metals as a savings account. Now, not a, a short-term or a smaller savings account. I think that for you know a month's expenses, half month, whatever, I think that, that that is probably best served by cash. And yes, cash, physical cash, not, not in a bank account. I'm talking physical cash in your own possession. There's a lot of benefits to having cash in your own possession versus in the bank. First of all, that you the big benefit is that you would always have access to it. Second of all, you're less likely to spend it using a card and whatnot. Um, and, and finally, you know, if there's ever a situation where, where, you know, the, the, the grid goes down, you lose power in your city or the entire nation or whatever, uh, cash for at least a short period of time 
could still be used to buy goods, buy gas, whatever you need to do, right? But beyond that, I think it is important that you do have a cushion in terms of savings, right? Because we think of something like a 401k, IRA, uh, even a pension fund, even though it's very different structure, we think of that as sort of a savings. We're saving for retirement. But, but the truth of the matter is that that's a very illiquid type of savings. Not that it's hard to sell the bonds or the stocks or whatever other assets that are, are, are owned within that account. Those are actually pretty liquid currently. But it's difficult for the average individual to just cash out of that without taking a pretty significant hit, either a penalty or a tax penalty or both, you know, depending on what account, what type of savings we're talking about here. And so, yes, that can be treated as savings, but not emergency savings, not I'm out of work for six months savings, not because that would be, can we agree that that would probably suck having to tap into that if, you know, part of the reason that you are putting into that account in the first place is because of the tax benefits and, and some of the other, um, aspects of it, uh, you know, and of course, avoiding that penalty. And so I do think it's important to have a large amount of savings on hand. But of course, you know, if we're talking six months worth of savings, let's just put a dollar number on it. Uh, let's just say 50 grand, right? And that's going to be more than six months for a lot of people. Let's just say 50 grand. If you keep that in cash, that's a lot to have in cash. That's a lot to have exposed to inflation. That's going to get eaten away by inflation. And so why not precious metals? Why not an asset that is going to at least keep pace with that inflation? And if we experience five or 10 or 20% inflation or even higher again in the future, then you're going to have a pretty decent hedge against that. I mean, that 50 grand is going to get eaten away by that, right? Even if you have it in a bank account, I mean, interest rates these days on bank accounts or money market accounts or CDs or anything like that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, are far, far below the actual inflation rate. And additionally, it's not in your own possession. All of a sudden, you have the counterparty risk of the financial institution that, that is holding uh, that, that money. Um, and plus, you're exposed to inflation. And you don't have it in your hand if you ever need to, to spend it, right? Like, yeah, you can take it out of a savings account that you're... you're barely getting any interest rate on, but you're going to have a hard time taking out a large amount uh, in a short period of time. Um, if you do have it in something like a CD or, or maybe some other higher interest rate type of savings account, oftentimes they'll have limits on how quickly you, you can withdraw that. And a lot of CDs, I mean, you're waiting a period of months, right? That is not emergency savings, right? That's just a, a type of savings that is earning a higher interest rate than some other kind of savings, but, but far less liquid right? And so why not precious metals? This is the bare minimum. Talk to your, you know, talk to, to, to family members, friends, whatever, that are having trouble, you know, trading stocks 
or bonds, you know, money that they would have put in the stocks, bonds, 401k, IRA, into precious metals, well, then fine, they don't have to. They can stick to that other part of, of their portfolio, right? But how about diversifying into precious metals through through building a savings, especially for those that have a little bit more, shall we say, disposable income? Not disposable to just throw on, on vanities, but disposable in that they have a fair bit to throw in different directions in terms of investments. Why not precious metals? Why not work towards six months worth of, of savings? And it doesn't take that long. I mean, 10 ounces, let's say you're, you're doing 10 ounces a paycheck. 10 ounces right now is what? 170, 180 bucks probably. You know, if you're just buying generic stuff, maybe a little higher, maybe a little less. Um, 180 a, a paycheck, right? That's, you know, 26 paychecks a year. Uh, that's 26, or sorry, 260 ounces a year. I mean, 260 ounces, you're already at, you know, like 4,000, right? That's not bad. That's not a bad start. And that's a pretty decent savings right there. That's over a month's worth of, of expenses that you've already saved. You know, if you bump that number up to 20 ounces a paycheck, you know, maybe instead of, uh, exceeding the match on the 401k, maybe you just meet the match. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, you're up to, uh, what, what am I, 520 ounces in a year. You know, that is a pretty significant cushion. And the great thing about it is that I think the vast majority of people that try doing just that are going to have a much, much better time saving that way because they're going to have something physical, a physical representation of their savings rather than just a, a digit on a screen that's slowly ticking up or some paper bills or whatever they're made out of these days. Plus, they're going to have a much harder time just going out and spending that. They understand the value of that silver, the value of that gold, whatever we're, we're stacking here. And it's far less liquid, right? You guys know that. I know that. That in terms of savings, silver and gold really shine in that role, especially uh, larger savings. Not just a little bit of emergency cash, but but significant amount of expenses, right? So this is sort of the bare minimum approach, right? Obviously, you can do less than what I'm referring to right here in terms of, of investing in silver and gold. But I think this is a pretty good pitch, a sales pitch, whatever you want to call it. And and I don't see it as at all a, a predatory or sleazy sales pitch. Uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's an investment that's in these individuals' best interests. And, and I think... As people invest in silver and gold, I think, you know, it's almost natural for them to become a little bit more risk averse because they understand the, the benefits of silver and gold, uh, the, the low risk of silver and gold. Never mind what some financial experts, Dave Ramsey or whatever, say about silver and gold being too volatile. They're not. I mean, yeah, if you look, you know, if you bought in at 2011 highs or 2012, then yeah, you're going to see them as volatile, but, but as a whole, they're not right. Far less volatile. I would say than stocks. And I can't back that up with numbers because I don't have them in front of me. Um, but they're certainly not overvalued. Whereas stocks and, and many other assets, bonds, I mean, there's a massive amount of bonds that are currently negative yielding. Yeah. That's another whole other story and everything, but they're definitely not overvalued. If anything, they're massively undervalued. You know, this would be another great approach for somebody that's counting on something like a social security or, or a pension payout when they ultimately retire. 
you know, I wonder how many people are in that boat that they don't really have any other savings outside of, if you want to call it savings, uh, benefits that they are due to receive when they ultimately retire. You know, I don't think those benefits are always going to be there in the future. And I think it's important to, to save in some other fashion. And, and I think that's, again, where precious metals come in. But anyways, I could go on and on talking about this, but, but I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that this less than absolutist approach, you know, silver and gold or, or nothing else, uh, is it, it appeals to some of you guys. Cause I know you guys like the idea of diversification. Uh, now again, so do I, I, I just happen to think that stocks and bonds, not saying don't go into them. First of all, don't hang this as investment advice, but I'm not saying I don't like them period right now, but I am saying that they're overvalued, I think, and that they're due for a correction. I'd much rather wait for silver and gold to go up or at least stay steady while those things uh, crash. And then I can you know, buy when the proverbial blood is on the streets. But anyways, if you enjoyed this video, if you want to support me and my efforts here at Silver Fortune, the, the first thing you can do is something I've already done, and that's watch this video, listen to this podcast. So thank you for that. But if you want to go above and beyond, you can like this video, you can comment, you can leave a review on my podcast, you can subscribe to me. I'd very much appreciate that. I'm putting out, you know, five plus videos uh, uh, or podcasts a week. If you do want to go above and beyond, I do have a Patreon, which recently I've started doing a once-weekly Patreon-exclusive podcast. Um, and that's a great way to help me out as well. For as little as a dollar a month, we're talking about like a gas station coffee. And and uh, you get some pretty great benefits because not only do you have that podcast, but you also have more control over content creation in terms of suggesting or creating videos with me, or at least the topics with me, uh, or a podcast. Uh, beyond that, there's also the link below to, to SD Bullion if you are buying silver from there for a one ounce round at spot price. It's not a huge savings for you, but it's a great way to show your support, show your loyalty to, to me and my channel because I am an affiliate marketer for them and it helps me out quite a bit as well. But as always, I'm just happy to have you guys here in the first place. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video or more accurately listening to this podcast and God bless.